Tyler Falava, I'm Johnny Blades, and you're with the House. It's Members Week at Parliament, where on Wednesday MPs will debate those members' bills lucky enough to have been picked from the ballot box known as the Biscuit Tin. It's also a week when we get to hear the farewell speech of outgoing MP Jacinda Ardern, who resigned as Prime Minister just a couple of months ago. Here to talk more to the House about what's interesting this week is the shadow leader of the House, Nationals' Michael Woodhouse beginning with discussion on a parliamentary motion to appoint a new chairperson of the Independent Police Conduct Authority. Parliament does approve that appointment after a screening process and selection process, uh, probably by Cabinet, that's a bit above my pay grade. But it is important that Parliament approves of that person, so I expect today's vote to be unanimous. And by agreement of the Business Committee, while there might be up to a two-hour debate on that, each party is going to have one speech in support of that motion. And yeah, what then, do you debate during that if everyone's in agreement? I mean, is there any need to debate? Although I don't think there'll be long debates, but I think people will want to have a contribution about the importance of the independence of the Police Conduct Authority. Uh, they're going to be very busy for a start because there are several hundred complaints that were laid in the wake of the parliamentary occupation. So this is a really important role right now. It always is, but particularly now I think they're going to be quite busy and uh, scrutinising the behaviour of police in, in the context of that occupation. Funny you mention that. I mean, the role of the police, it was criticised during the, those protests, but maybe people didn't realise that the government doesn't have direct control over the police at all, do they? It's quite independent in this country. This is a really important constitutional convention that while the police are nominally a branch of the executive, that's cabinet, uh, they have to be independent. And we've seen very recently examples of where the potential for political interference in the decision-making of police can have quite significant consequences. The Policing Act uh, has a, a, a a section in it which prevents not just the minister but any member of parliament attempting to interfere with police conduct, and that's really important. But it also makes this role very important as well, the IPCA chair, which has to be a retired judge. So it's somebody of significant standing in the community, but also with a very significant body of knowledge in the legal process. Yeah. Uh, also up for debate is the Appropriation Confirmation and Validation Bill. Talk me through that. That's where various ministers have to front. Yeah. This is a quite long debate. I think it's about 13 or 15 hours long. Uh, and the select committees... The standing select committees have been going through a process of reviewing government departments, essentially, and they have to report back to the House by the 31st of March, following which is this debate. It's part of the budget cycle. So we start with the budget last May. Uh, the select committees would conduct a scrutiny of the estimates, what new initiatives were being funded, what existing programs were being dispensed with. And then, of course, there are uh, supplementary estimates that get put on through the year. But ultimately, committees want to know uh, about not just the financial performance, but the operating performance of organisations like MB, like our DHBs, although that will be the last time we hear from them individually, the Ministry of Education. These are really, really big votes. And it's important that we understand how well, not only that they've managed within the resources that they've been allocated through the budget, but have they been able to achieve the sorts of gains in health, education, social welfare and so on that, that were announced alongside that appropriation. That debate kicks off today and we'll go through 
uh, into May. It is something of a set piece, but the government has been very accommodating to other parties in terms of doing its best to make sure that the minister is responsible for the appropriations that opposition parties are interested in are available. And so word goes out from the Leader of the House's office to say to all parties, what are the eight or ten particular areas that that uh, each party is most interested in? And there's a high level of correlation, I think, or overlap between the parties. Uh, we're obviously interested in finance, health, education, social development, transport, immigration this year, definitely, and police. Uh, the, Gr- the Greens have added in um, housing and uh, environment, obviously, so that, that's a pretty exhaustive list of the appearances that we'll see by the ministers over the next few weeks. Starting today, only a short cameo, we'll have the finance minister in for an hour or so, and that's appropriate to kick off this debate. And then after we come back after Easter, we'll have a quite detailed chinwag with as many ministers as we can. Now, Wednesday is, of course, a members' bill day, a members' day, so there's some interesting stuff there. Any that leap out for you? I mean, obviously, I think everyone's on board with the Crimes Child Exploitation Offences Amendment Bill, aren't they? Yes, they are, as they are, I think, for the extended time for personal grievance for sexual harassment. What's interesting is there are now uh, two bills that are going to be conscience votes. So you think about the four sins, drug and alcohol, prostitution, abortion law, tend to have uh, conscience votes. We have two alcohol bills. One is the committee stage of Ian McKelvey's sale and supply of alcohol exemption for race meetings amendment bill. Now this came up from very small carnival, summer carnival racing days in places like Roxburgh and Omakau and Hawara, where traditionally it's been the custom to bring a picnic basket, have a glass of wine, and they've kind of fallen foul of a a greyness in the Sale and Supply of Alcohol Act. So Ian's bill is attempting to clear that up and continue that long-standing tradition, which I have enjoyed both in Cromwell and Omacow. Chloe Swarbrick's Sale and Supply of Alcohol Harm Minimisation Amendment Bill is a bit of an omnibus of some of the recommendations of the Law Commission report from many years ago, together with... Um, some recommendations around alcohol um, advertising and sports events. Uh, I don't think even the government will support that. Uh, we're partway through that first reading anyway, so that may be defeated today. But what tends to happen at this stage in the cycle is that those members' bills that have been fortunate enough to enjoy the support of uh, the majority of the House will start to come back from uh, the committees and be considered for second and subsequent readings. They take priority over first readings, and so it's unlikely we'll see more than maybe one ballot again uh, from the the, the, biscuit, the famous biscuit tin uh, before the House rises at the end of August. So we'll be doing tidy up. Yeah, it just tends to fall that way, that at this stage in the parliamentary cycle we have less of those uh, of those bills drawn from the ballot, which is a shame for me because in the nearly 10 years that I've been in a position to have a member's bill in the ballot, I've never had one drawn. Some of uh, some parliamentary colleagues are much luckier than I am. <laughs> some people have the magic touch. Absolutely. Lewis the Wall was one of them. Yes, that's right. Swarbrick's alcohol bill, one of the things in that is she's trying to, I guess, empower local councils to be able to regulate uh, alcohol sales, you know, not having, for instance, cheap alcohol store right across the road from a college. I mean, that's, that's pretty... Um, who can argue against that? Well, I certainly can't, and I've been critical of my own council for not taking what I believe is already a power in the law 
the 2012 Sale and Supply of Alcohol Act. Um, more seriously, they have folded a bit under the pressure of uh, objectors to what they are calling local alcohol plans. But the government also has uh, a plan to fix that, uh, and the Minister of Justice has a bill. I think it's already before Select Committee. So there are some good things in Chloe Swarbrick's bill, but I think there are other things that, on balance, parties won't be able to support, and my party has indicated that it couldn't support this bill because in some areas it just goes too far. But in my experience, the more that's put into a member's bill, the less likely it is to be able to, to get the majority support in the House. Uh, and those that are more successful are bills like Ian McKelvey's bill, which was, to, to tidy up, something of an irritant in legislation, and it has the better chance of passing. So, yeah, if you put more into it, there's greater chance that it won't be successful. And, of course, we've got the uh, the valedictory statement from for Jacinda Ardern um, late Wednesday, highly anticipated. I noticed last time there was a big valedictory statement, Trevor Mallard, a lot of your party didn't turn up. Was that a planned thing? Uh, no, there was no whipping uh, on that, and I can't make any comments about the personal choices my colleagues made to attend. My personal view is that I, I try and attend all maidens and valedictories out of respect for those who are coming and going. Uh, I'll certainly be able to attend this one, and I expect there to be a pretty full muster right across the house for Jacinda Ardern's valedictory. That was Michael Woodhouse, the shadow leader of the House. And you've been listening to The House, a programme made with funding from Parliament. Tofa soifua.